When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, with hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Welcome to El Talon John's La Liga Weekly. So Messi's off, or is he? We're told he's not negotiating to extend his contract beyond 2021. Bad news, Barca fans, of course. But next summer also happens to be the scheduled date for the next presidential elections. They love a bit of politics, these footballers, you know. The title is a long shot, four points behind Real Madrid, four and a half if you consider the head-to-head and no control over any games. I spent ten minutes the other night wondering whether Rakitic was a left-back. Oh, for Ernesto Valverde when Barca were really boring and they lost all their crucial Champions League matches. Still, at least Barca fans get a say once every six years. You could be Valencia supporters. Peter Lim's daughter, Kim, showed her skills of diplomacy and leadership by telling the fans, the club is ours, uh, we can do anything we want, and no one can say anything about it. Hmm. My prediction is that Valencia will be playing in front of virtual crowds for a while, yet much easier than dealing with actual humans. Uh, we might have a relegation battle on our hands after Mallorca's 5-1 win over Celta Vigo where two things were confirmed. One, that penalties can be won by just running into the box and falling over, and that there is no VAR. There's no one there. It's like the salesman pretending to ring his boss and get a final discount, but the phone isn't connected to anything. The person on the other end of this connection has looked at the TV and he confirms that I am right. Leave me alone. I suspect that Terry would like the VAR not to have been in operation at Sheffield United yesterday in the Premier League. I know this is Premier League, Terry, but the madness, the madness of the current interpretation of handball struck again. A law made entirely for the convenience of the referee, if ever there was one. Uh, if, if, if you're if you're regular watchers of La Liga, you don't watch the Premier League. I mean, fair enough, but but uh, that handball, oh, it, it's the handball. It's it's maddening the handball, Lord Terry, isn't it? It's just it's just anti football. Yeah, and and it, uh, we've said on the podcast quite a few times that sometimes you feel that they're looking for a reason to disallow a goal and. I mean, you, you yeah. saw Chris Wilder on the bench. He was fuming with his players. He had no. He was not appealing for anything. His players weren't appealing for anything, and and ultimately, it, the referee play, allowed advantage for Harry Kane to go yeah. on and score after Murray was bundled over, and then someone smacked the ball at him. Um, it, it it it's not even clear whether it hits his hand. It's like he just. Someone whacks the ball right into his body and he's falling down and in a natural position. It, it was incredible. Um, yeah. And as I said, we, we have to stop this looking for, you know, reasons to dis, disallow goals. The offside ones are similar as well. You look and you've got these lines. I don't trust the lines. I really don't. Mm. I don't think that the technology is there. Sometimes I see the lines on, on, on the offside. Look, 
decision and I'm thinking, no, that needs to be shifted. That one needs to be shifted over. That one's not level. You know, when it was the ball released, there has to be a clear. It has to be clear. The ones, it's quite easy. When you see it, you see a replay and you go, oh, God, yeah, no, he's offside, disallowed, mm. fair enough. The yeah. ones where we start getting the lines out and you're looking at different parts of the body and you're thinking, is that the right part where the blue line is on? Is that the right part of the red line on the defender? I I think we're then in a dodgy territory. And I think the, yeah, it's, the, it's, the handball it's one, madness. Yeah, it really is. Because I mean, they look. Naked eye, just the naked eye. If you see it, yeah. you can see, oh, he's in front. It was one the other week, yeah. Benzema uh, against Ava. I, I, on the naked eye, he looks offside. But when they put the lines up, the lines were sh- shifted here and they were shifted there and they weren't straight. And it ended up being allowed as a goal. And, and the, the first view you had of it, he was ahead. He, he was ahead of the defender. And it was quite, I thought it was quite straightforward. Um, so I don't mind when goals are given. given. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind when a goal is given when it maybe shouldn't have been on a really sort of closer examination. I, I, I do have an objection to goals being disallowed all the time, though, because I, I think that's against the, the spirit of the law. Because as you say, with those lines, so they're trying, you know, they're doing this sort of, you know, junior school trigonometry, trying to get these lines and trying to figure out, you know, the, the angle of the camera and all of that kind of stuff. But if, unless you're doing the same on the guy's foot who's playing the ball then it's pointless, isn't it? Because you're yeah. thinking, well, we've got that to a millimetre. But hang on, the, the image on the on the, on the the ball leaving his foot is blurred. So you yeah. don't know to the millimetre when exactly. he's left his foot. I think the naked so eye, just... the naked eye is the one. You can tell. You know, if you've yeah. got the right camera angle and you can look across and you think, oh, that shirt is ahead of that shirt, onside, offside. It, once you start See, drawing I would the line, splitting it up, I, I think I it think makes what I would do... Uh, in cricket, you have, and we don't have a lot of uh, crossover with our, our audience here, but uh, in cricket, you have an umpire's core area where there's just basically a zone around the stumps for an LBW where they admit that it's not entirely clear. So it's basically they just leave it with whatever the umpire said. And it's actually quite good because, say, if you had the same, you had, say, the striker's zone of like, you know, uh, I don't know, three inches, or obviously you wouldn't be allowed inches, <laughs> 10 centimetres. Um, and then, so if, if the argument then comes down to was it eight and a half or nine and a half or ten and a half centimeters, that's irrelevant because he's you know, he's offside. So uh, yeah, it's just it's just infuriating. But the, it's the combination, the handball thing, is the combination of the change of the handball law. So any touch off an attacker's hand, as you say, even if it's hoofed into him yeah. as he's been shoved to the and ground, and they didn't get a foul, they didn't get a free kick. No, either. Well, <laughs> that was a mistake, wasn't it? They should have gone back and given him his, his foul, shouldn't they? Because he, he, they shoved him over. Yeah, as John Egan is, it hoofs the ball as he's falling over, and as you say, it it was probably his arm, but it might have been into his his, his side, mightn't it? Um, and and but it's the combination of that because we've seen a few, we've seen them in like, we've seen them in every, everywhere, haven't you? That you know, one's bound to flicking off a guy's sleeve as it as it goes past him who had nothing to do with it. Um, it's just it's it's a rule, it's a law made by referees for their own convenience. They want the certainty because they're sick. Admittedly, they're sick of us moaning at them. I, I get that. I get the media has played a part in this, and fans and managers. You know, we've all been guilty of moaning too much at referees when you know there's nothing they could have done about it. But uh, anyway, I was anyway. the one though that suggested this law. <laughs> you <Yeah>. Remember <laughs> some years ago when I said it's black or white. If it hits his arm, it's a handball. Um, yes. But I didn't mean it to, to go this far. Um, <laughs> there has to be, you know, it was, 
it is it's extraordinary now that that that, uh, that is the way that the, the laws have gone so it has to be changed has to be rectified how they're going to come about or you know making the best of VAR because it is a, a good tool to have but it, we don't want it to the detriment of the game and we're getting that now too many the goals are, are disallowed and you, you, we're seeing goals con- consistently disallowed now where you, you've got no idea until they look you know, people yeah. do claim for offsides oh. and they claim for a handball. That's normally an indication that a team yeah. feel that they've been wronged. But we're now seeing goals disallowed and, and you're, you're needing replays to find that reason why. And it's, it's, it's ludicrous. It has to stop. It has to change. We're seeing yeah. the, the joy out going out of the game because there's a lot of cases now where teams are not even celebrating. It's a half celebrate. You know, and supporters will go yeah. down that road as well, where they'll be thinking, well, hang on, the, the, you know, it's a scruffy goal. Is it going to be allowed? And yeah. everyone lines up in the centre circle. And then in some cases, you know, we're seeing the delay is so long. If you're not watching a game and you're looking at, you, um, you know, at this current moment in time, I'm, I'm watching Spanish football, but keeping an eye on other games that are being played in Spain, other games that are being played in, in the Premier League. And sometimes the score comes up, someone's winning 2-0, and then later on you see it was 1-0. Because it was disallowed, where no yeah. one expected it to be disallowed. For real, especially that last night. Wasn't it? Yeah, William Jose's early goal last night. Yeah. They all celebrated, didn't they? And everyone went back, and you know, and then, and then I think, oh, actually, it was offside, was it? Some some time later, it's it's um, yeah, it's a problem, isn't it? I I would move to an appeal system. That's what I think. That's what I would do. So if a if that say Espanol last night, if they thought that William Jose was offside, or if they thought he was close to offside, um, then they could appeal basically, yeah. and you lose your appeals. You're like in tennis, basically exactly like in tennis and in cricket, in yeah. fact. Where so basically you think you've you've been done bad, you've been ill served. You appeal if your appeal is successful. <laughs> Imagine footballers, John. <laughs> Every uh, single yeah. goal that goes in, they'll be hands up appealing. And so, that, that, I would say you'd have to. The, the problem with football, it's a good point. The captain would have to do it because everyone goes. It's that's it's in, in cricket, it is the captain, so they've got like 15 seconds or something. So the, the big appeal, not out, and they're thinking, and the, the bowler basically says, Oh, you're definitely out, but the captain's got to call it because the emotions, you know, if you're the one who's just conceded the goal or scored the goal, your emotional response is, Yeah, it's a goal. And but the captain's got to keep a level head in football, or crucially, you wouldn't if you allow them too much time. Because they've got the laptop boys at the side of the pitch, you can't let those. You haven't, you haven't got. You couldn't allow them enough time for them to start to do that, yeah. putting red lines and blue lines and and stuff all over. But I, I would do that. I, I, that's the the way to save the VAR. Uh, anyway, shall we talk football? Please, nine um, minutes forty five yeah. seconds. We've been talking about <laughs> VAR. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Well, let, let's uh, liven ourselves up, shall we? Let's go, Real Madrid. First, Just gonna have a drink, John. Just got to have a drink yeah. break now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have a chat with you, your, your personal coach. I've got four subs here sitting and waiting as well. I've got four, four stoppages. I can bring four subs on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, Real Madrid are probably going to be the champions of Spain, Terry, in a couple of weeks' time. But they're not exactly doing it in a glorious manner. No, they're not. I, I, I must admit, the, the first three games back, where they, they, were, they were really good. Um, Real Sociedad, Valencia victories, it was straightforward enough win against a, a shadow A-bar team. But since then, the, 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 the performance, the results, can't criticise the reports. They've won six out of six. So it's, it's hard to be critical. But I think that the three 
recent games, um, they're, they're, they're stumbling towards it. And I must admit, the first three games, I was thinking, you know, Man City, you're going to have to be careful here in the, the second leg of the Champions League because Real Madrid look really good. They're really at it. Um, but in the in the last last three, the, the performances have deteriorated. But they're, they're getting the, the they're getting the wins. They need to play better. Um, athletic away. Their next game is is going to be a tough fixture. It's uh, it does look pretty straightforward after that. Villarreal at home is one of their their, their tougher games. Granada away could be awkward if they don't play well, and they finish off with a game against relegated Leganes because they're not going to any chance to stay up. So it, it, it should be Real Madrid's. I mean, it's uh, but it's been that type of season, John, where you're looking at the amount of games that those two clubs at the top have failed to win is, is extraordinary. I mean, Barcelona failed to win 12. Real Madrid have failed to win 11. That's not normal. So they need to play better and they need to be focused. Um, Ramos is the, the key for them at the moment. Since they came back, various players have, have done reasonably well. But Ramos is the consistent, you know, scoring goals, making sure that they're keeping, you know, focused at the back, not making mistakes. Because as bad as they played against Hatafe, and Hatafe outplayed them, but Hatafe never had that cutting edge in attack because Ramos was there, you know, and and then he's the player that's driving forward to try and get the winning goal. And of course, his his team do get a penalty, and he's the one to step up and take it. So he has been absolutely crucial, particularly when Varane went off. Um, but the mystery, it was a mystery injury, really. I mean, it's it does get the ball in the face, but it, uh, we've seen far worse. So that to, to bring Milito on doesn't look secure at the back for Real Madrid. So Ramos was needed even more. And he's the player that's, that's driving them on to a league title. And it'd be a, a massive surprise now if they don't do it. But there is, there's still work to do. Um, from their point of view, I, I'm not sure Barcelona will continue to win every game. So that does ease the pressure on Real Madrid. But four points lead with five games to go and the head-to-head, it would be catastrophic if Real Madrid were to not win the league title. Man. If they win, they've won six out of six. I mean, if they continue winning in this fashion, they, they 100% they, they will deserve to win the league title. It's a, it's proving to be a, a marvellous finish to the season for them. But as I said, there's still work to do. They, they haven't won it just yet. Yeah, well, let's, let's sort of merge into Barcelona as we go, shall we? As we discuss the the league title, because as you say, they both they both got difficult games this week, haven't, haven't they? So Real Madrid away to Athletic, and Barcelona away to Villarreal. Barca and then got Espanyol the week after that. They've actually got quite tough games, Barca, or tougher games than uh, well, Real Madrid. I think Madrid this, to the Villarreal one is. Yeah, I think the Villarreal one is the is the the one. The Villarreal away, and then I think they win the next four. I think they beat yeah. Espanyol. It's at home to Espanyol. I mean, they'll beat everyone's beating Espanol, and then they've got Valladolid away. It could be tricky. Um, It won't be easy because Valladolid are good defensively, well organised. That'll be hard. Osasuna at home, that shouldn't be a problem for Barcelona. And Alaves away. So I think that the Villarreal one is key. If they get the win there, and Athletic manage to get something against Real Madrid, title race is, is is you know sort of back on. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not sure Villarreal, Barcelona will beat Villarreal away from home. So that's going to be key. Athletic, Real Madrid, two great games this weekend. Um, and then Villarreal do go um, to travel to Real Madrid. So Villarreal got a little bit of a say in the, the destination of the, the title. But it's not over yet. Real Madrid favourites, work to do. Same as the teams towards the bottom end of the division. 
that thought they were safe, they've got a bit of work to do. Um, but it's a uh, no. I, I still think there's a, a slim title race going on. Uh, you mentioned away from home. I'm not sure there is. Is there a away advantage anymore? Round of games we've just had five away wins. Um, I haven't studied it, but I, I, I suspect uh, it's not quite the advantage it was the away from home. Anyway, by the by, let's let's talk about Barca. I think uh, when you Atletico. look at the, the games, oh, Sevilla, Sevilla should win at Leganés, shouldn't they? That's not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Valencia, if you look at their form, is is it's woeful. They're lucky there's no supporters in the stadium, and that yeah, 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 well. yeah. That that explains that reason. Alaves are playing awful. Lost five one one in the six since yeah. the return. Not surprised then to see Granada get the win. And Abar or Sassuna, that really could go that 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 game could go either way. Abar have been good. They went at Granada in their last game. I think they I th- still think it does play in a, a, a slight advantage being at home, even irrespective of the fact that there's there's no supporters there. Familiarity does help. Travelling does help as well. I mean, you, you're looking at some of the teams at the Mallorca in particular have to fly to every game, and no, I've no idea what the aggro is like in terms of staying over after the, mm. uh, before the game and stuff like that. So I, I still think it's an advantage to be not travelling. I think the stats they need to run getting familiar. The stats are slightly in favour of the home teams, I think, but not as much as normal, which would sort of make sense, wouldn't it? That um, the fans play quite a big part, but not the whole part of it. Uh, shall we talk about this Barcelona uh, Atletico game? It was uh, it was uh, it was exciting. It was, you know, some of, not all the games have been exciting since the restart, have they? But uh, exciting, chaotic. Uh, Diego Costa managed to score an own goal and miss a penalty and all of that in the first few minutes of the game. Um, but Barcelona, as you said last week, that they, they, they don't control any games. They don't run the game at the moment. And that was that was the case here, wasn't it? Yeah, they've been ahead four times in the last two games and drawn them both 2-2. So at no stage against Celta Vigo did they think about, well, let's, we've, we've got the advantage again. You know, they got the first goal in that game, but then it went 1-1, then 2-1. At no stage did they think, right, there's, you know, at the very least, we, we, we're going to be hard to, to break down at the back, keep our full-backs at home, Busquets sitting in front. And we're not going to get caught on the counter-attack where we've got a lack of numbers back defensively. And exactly the same thing happened against Atletico. You know, they get the, the early goal, Costa. They know Atletico is so difficult to, to score against. Then they, they give away a stupid penalty from Vidal. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, with all his experience, why he's making that type of challenge was... It was ludicrous. And then they get another. They get the penalty themselves. They go two one up. Was there any thought then of making sure we don't get caught on a counter attack? No. And it happened time and time again. And and by the end of the match, you're looking at it and thinking, do you know what? Draw was a, a probably a fair result. If anyone shaded it in terms of looking the more cohesive, organised, better coach team that had a plan, it would have been Atletico. So it was. It, it, it's extraordinary how. The, the lapses in concentration in these last two games have cost them four points just by not having game management. And that's, that comes from the likes of it, PK and MTT against Celta, PK and Longley. They should be screaming at the fullbacks to get back in position to make sure that Busquets, which in fairness he, he, he does, um, stays in front of the, the defenders, stays, you know, even with the, the midfield players are on the pitch at the time, make sure we're nice and solid. Jesus Christ, we've got Messi and Suarez up front. We're leading by a goal. Just leave them two up there. Let's, you know, the rest of us get a shake and make sure we're, we're not going to make mistakes 
We're not going to give away cheap goals. I mean, Celta should have won that. I mean, from a winning position, Celta could have won that 4-2. Nolito had an mm. open goal. Nolito had a chance that just went wide. And, you know, it was, it, it, it's it, winning has to be, you know, for Kike Setien, certain stages of the game, games at this stage of the season, when your team are ahead, you have to shut the thing down. And that's been the big difference between Real Madrid and Atafe. I mentioned about Real Madrid not playing particularly great, but they're not conceding chances. They're not conceding goals. And and that will probably you know be the difference between the, 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 the two teams. It it was it was reckless from Barcelona. The game against Atletico, the game against Celta. Um I mean I'm talking about one issue for Barcelona, but there's many issues they, they need to sort out. Uh it would seem to be, Terry, a lack of leadership. I think you could say this on and off the pitch. Uh, could you not know about Barcelona in that? You know, what do you describe there? You know, PK compare that to Ramos not driving the team forward. Messi is an obvious leader because of his ability, but he's not. You wouldn't pick him out as as as, sort of, as a massive leader of men, would you, Lionel Messi, for all of his uh, brilliance as a player? And then they appoint a coach, a coach in a weak position, really, and, and there seems to be little faith in Kike Setien. And no one really expects him to be around in in the long term. And you know, it's everyone looking forward to the next presidential elections, as I mentioned at the at the start. But you know, they're not due to be held for a year until a year from now, uh, and that could end up with another season of chaos. You know, someone needs to show some responsibility there. Well, it does. That comes from the top. I mean, Bartomeu is, is in charge of the club, and it's going to drift along because he's not going to get another spell. He can't. And it needs massive change, and it needs leadership from the top. I, I, I feel for Kike Setien to a degree. The, the game against Celta, when they had a drinks break, and they all came over. No one was listening to him. People weren't listening to Edu Sarabia, the, the assistant manager. But I thought the effort they, they actually made an effort the other night when they were aware that probably, you know, people were looking. The cameras were focused on were they together in the drinks break, and I think they made an effort. Messi was listening to Sarabia. He was listening to Kike Setien. So. I think there was a, a sort of embarrassment of how they behaved in the, the, the Celta game. But no, it, it's players need to be, you know, leaders. Um, but it, it's this, it, I think that the, the big story has to be what's happening with Griezmann. Um, mm, yes. yes. He didn't, that, you know, Fatty comes on before him, Griezmann comes on in the 90th minute. Um, I, I'm not sure how to take Simeone's remarks about he has no words. Because I think it'd be easy on face value to think, you know, Simeone was asked, what did you think about Griezmann coming on? And, and the way he's, he said, I have no words. And I think people took it as he was disgusted with Barcelona treating a player like that. I'm not sure. I mean, he's probably got the ump with Griezmann leaving in the first place. And also he's mm. probably thinking, this has got nothing to do with me whatsoever. So I've got no words. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how he, he you know, views he probably doesn't care. It's got nothing to do with him. And he, he probably hacked off that he was asked. But I think it is such an issue. Um, Griezmann should have come on 20 minutes earlier, at the very least, for Vidal. When he eventually came on for Vidal in the 90th minute, Vidal could be one of those players that holds his position and be more defensive-minded, but he's not. Crashes about all over the place. Um, no discipline in terms of his positional play. Gets praised for his aggression and his ability to win the ball back, and no one mentions the fact that he's he's in discipline costs the team. His erratic passing costs the team. 
Um, so I think he, you know, he's a, a, a symptom of why Barcelona are hit and miss. And and I I thought that you could have gone with against the team that were playing on the night four four two Atletico. Barcelona could have gone four four two. They could have had Fatty and Messi wide. Could have put Griezmann up front with Suarez, and you could have kept the you know a couple of midfield players on. So there was a in order to try and win a game that they they had to win. So it was it was bizarre seeing you know even the substitutions Roberto coming in for Rakitic, straightforward swap, Fatty for for Busquets. If you're going to take a midfield player off, you know after you've already taken Rakitic off, why not Vidal? Why not leave a defensive player on? You know, it was, it, there's, there's so much wrong at Barcelona. And it's going to drift until Bartomeu is gone. It's just going to drift. And we're going to have the issue now, the, the next transfer window. Who are they going to bring in? Who are they going to sell? And I'm not surprised that Messi's not hanging his hat on Bartomeu. Um, and it, I, I don't see him leaving Barcelona, but I see him being a, a political pawn for the next um, elections. Because it, yeah, you're going to need Messi on side, aren't you? If you're standing, yeah, yes, and it, he'll, 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 you know, if he's going to stay, he'll declare that he will only stay if it's for a certain person that wins, you know, the, the, the wins the election. He won't stay if it's anyone to do with Bartomeu again. So, I think that that's the case with with Lionel Messi. Um, but they, um, they've, they've been, ex- you know, so poor barcelona because of their as i said primarily their game management score two at celta that's not bad should be enough to win barcelona again score two against atletico madrid that should be enough to win win you a game but it it clearly isn't at the moment uh let's roll on actually just before before we take a break uh, as we're talking about clubs in shambles and the the downs as, as i think it was winston churchill terry said something along the lines of democracy is a terrible system until you compare it to everything else <laughs> um because you look at the barter situation you think well we've got a year of shambles potentially coming up now as we prepare for an election but you could be valencia couldn't you with uh, with a guy in charge who doesn't know how to run a football club seems to have lost interest uh, in running a football club and openly treating the supporters with with contempt. It was an Instagram post that she then uh, deleted. But it, it's absolutely symptomatic, isn't it? Uh, so they've changed coach again. We were I'm losing track of when we do these podcasts at the moment, Terry. But so I think I think last time we discussed, you said Salades won't be around for long. Yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, unsurprisingly, it's old Voro back. This is the seventeenth time we've done a podcast with Voro just taken over as the caretaker manager. Uh, and of course, there is there is no such thing as a new manager bounce again. No, it's actually you've exaggerated on the seventeen. There's no need to exaggerate. It's six. It's six yeah, times yeah, yeah. in caretaker. If I was the next manager coming in, do you know the first person I sack? Voro, because <laughs> he makes life far too easy for anyone at that club. Second manager, he's there in the background. I don't know what he does at the club. He's, he's because he's not on the coaching staff. He, he, but he just suddenly appears. You know, I, I expect him when they like Voro to appear out of the dark in the, with a cloak on. To take over yeah. his caretaker, <laughs> caretaker man and uh, some sort of superhero. But honestly, if I was yeah. the next manager, I'd say, "Yeah, I'm taking the job, but he's got to go because first... Oh, I, I thought you meant when yeah, you said a cloak. I thought you meant like uh, uh, Death turning up with his scythe. As soon as you see Voro <laughs> hanging around, you're like, "Oh, right, okay, it's that time, yeah. isn't it?" <laughs> and, I mean, I mean, he's a great club man. I, I, I'm not being disrespectful, and I, I, of course, if I was the next manager coming in, I wouldn't sack him, but. Tongue in cheek, you'd be worried that oh god, he's looking over. He suddenly starts appearing, waving off yeah. the team bus when you're going to an away game. <laughs> oh no! 
<laughs> we we got to win. Um, so Valencia are desperate. I mean, the, the players have to take their share of it as well. The, the, the blame, I look at a bunch of players that feel sorry for themselves, that are not showing the application, the attitude to to ever come back from being a goal down or a setback and, and anything like that. They're all looking at each other and shaking their heads at each other. They're all blaming each other. It's it's horrible to watch. Um, the, the only good thing from Valencia's point of view is there are no supporters in there. Because if they mm. was, could you imagine it? You know, it's yes. an unforgiving crowd. They're playing in front of an empty stadium at the moment and they, the, the players are getting away with it. Celades was never the right appointment. First, again, similar to Gary Neville, too big a job for a first senior appointment as a, as a head coach. And that was the case with Celades. And you could see the players weren't having him. He looked in pain on the bench. You could see it was all too much for him. I hope he can, you know, get his career back on track because he's a young manager. Um, and it, it is sometimes it, it is hard to recover. And you, you might not get another opportunity. So it, it's been tough on him. But that's not an easy job. Far from it. Um, and Voro, 60 minutes into that game, he looked like he'd had enough, he'd had enough as well. <laughs> you know, he was looking at the goals they were giving away. It was, I know, you know, Raul Garcia took the, the two goals incredibly well. First right foot, the second one for long range through his left foot. Um, had me checking up to see, is he two-footed? Because I didn't think he was. Um, right foot and good in the air, but he smashed one in from 30 yards. But both were gifted by, you know, Valencia giving away possession just outside their own penalty area. And then you see everybody shaking their head at each other and flapping their arms about and blaming everyone else. It, it, it looks a, 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 it's a really tough job for any manager that goes in there next season. Bearing in mind the, the, the ownership of the club and bearing in mind the, the, the state of the squad. The one little, I won't dwell on this, we'll, we'll move on, take a break. But Foro, uh, I, I did feel for him because obviously at half time they'd had a conversation about not giving the ball away in dangerous areas. And what was it, five minutes after the restart and Jami Costa does exactly that and they score from it. I mean, to be fair to Jami Costa, he he did apologise and he did accept his uh, culpability. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a mess. Anyway, let, we'll come back uh, with the best of the rest in a moment. University of Maryland Global Campus has been serving the military in Maryland and around the world for more than 70 years and online for over 20 years. UMGC offers more than 90 programs and specializations in career-relevant fields, transfer credits, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, and scholarships for those who qualify. Speak with our dedicated military and veteran advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash auto refi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Okay, welcome back. We, last week we said there was no relegation battle, but Mallorca just breathed a little bit of life into it. They thrashed Celta Vigo somehow. Uh, five goals to one. 
started off with a, a, a we, don't, we don't want to spend ages talking vars again terry but uh, it was sort of important in this game wasn't it the the early penalty won uh, by Mallorca, so the 5-1 win over Celta Vigo and, uh, you know, a little bit of hope. Yeah, the, the first goal was crucial. Um, Mallorca had been struggling, needed a boost and they got it And the fact that Danny Rodriguez fell over in the penalty here and VAR. I, I, naked eye, I'm looking at that again on a quick first view in, I'm thinking that's not a foul and it's a yellow card for simulation. Mm. But it, it was given as a penalty, Budimir took it, smacked it home and then from then on, Mallorca deserve a bit of good fortune as well, let's be honest. They've had some tough luck this season and they were absolutely fantastic after that. Um, if they do go down, I think they're going to be in, they'll be a miss because the, the type of football they try to play, it can be very attacking. Some good young players. Kucho's got the second. Pozo got the, the third. Budimir gets, gets another one. That's 12 goals for him in a team that's possibly going to be relegated. Salva Sevilla wrapped one in the top corner. The quality of the finishing was was fantastic. Um, it might be too late, but, you know, I'm looking at Alaves who have lost five and won one and I've looked at their fixtures coming up. I don't see them winning another game. Mm. They've got a tough... So, Alaves are the ones to catch um, if you're Mallorca and you're looking at that and you're thinking, well, you know, we're 29 points, Alaves are 35, six... It's, you know, I don't see Alaves getting too many more points. So it might be 36, 37 that, that enables Mallorca to stay up. Can they do that? Yeah, they can. Uh, do you know the head to head? Will they do it? Probably not. No. Hang on. Well, I'll, I'm hoping you did. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up <laughs> while we talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. It's, so I know, I know that, you know, you, you're looking at the fixtures coming up. It, it's for Alaves, there's some tough fixtures. I mean, it really tough. So, as I said, I don't see them winning another game, Alaves. They're looking at their fixtures as we're going through here and they start with Vida away. That's a, the relegation battles still, you know, Vida did need to do more work. They then go to, they've got Real Madrid away. Um, they've got Bar- uh, Hatafe at home. They've got Betis away and Barcelona at home. So, uh, they're, 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 the way they're playing, as I said, it goes in. That's the ones for Mallorca to catch. But that, that's going to be tough for Mallorca. They've got, as I say, you know, I like their spirit, two promotions, and they're still in with an outside chance of staying up. And, and you just know they won't give up. The other two, Leganes and Espanyol, gone. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that now. That's, that's a foregone conclusion. And, and Espanyol, it's, it's a big story. It's a bigger story than we've spoke about, you know, in, in recent weeks, not just on this podcast, but in general, because this is the team that finished in seventh last season, got into Europe. Um, for them to be rock bottom and, and in the position that they are is is a huge story in Spanish football. Yeah, and obviously they spent money as well, didn't they? So there are some, I, I know... 40 million. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you know, what have your... One of your jobs is to look at Spanish footballers and make assessments of them. There are some, some good players up for grabs, isn't there? This this at the end of this season, who've, who've been relegated. Yeah, I mean, forty million they spent in the summer. It was a big call for Raúl de Thomas to come back to La Liga to play for a team that was threatened with relegation. Adrian Barber from Raya was ten million euros, and Leandro Cabrera, so, you know, for decent money from Hatafe to convince those players to come. They must, at that stage, thought, you know, with us three, 
and what we've already got there, we should be able to stay up. But it, it just hasn't happened. Um, and now we've seen Abelardo losing his job, um, Rufete coming in and, and taking over as caretaker manager. You know, it's 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 a mess. Yeah. So he's their fourth coach in the season. It seems that ages ago that, that we started the season with David Gallego as manager, Pablo Machin, Abelardo, and now we're on to Rufetti. It's been a, a real mess. You know, maybe a, a warning for teams that are not used to being in Europe, starting their season early. Um, I don't think that's the only reason, but, you know, the wrong managerial choice to start with possibly um, did replace the players that left until they until they realised they were writing them in trouble in January and spent the money. So it's been a, a disaster for Espanyol, but it's a massive story for them to be relegated. They, and, and, over and, the years, on. they have bottomed out that club, though, haven't they? They've consistently uh, sold players. When the, when the owners came in, they were talking about the Champions League, um, which we all scoffed at, quite rightly. Um, but they have been relying on the notion that they can just keep on producing players and keep on selling players and keep on not really investing. And then as you say, invest too late. And then suddenly, in a panic, this, this season change coaches too often, change uh, chopping, changing players too often. And it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a club that it's become alienated from its fans. And, you know, they're, they're, they're reaping what they've sown, Espanyol. And, you know, I don't have that much sympathy for the, the people who, who run the club. Yeah, and you look at the squad, John, the squad has got a healthy dose of, of good young players and then seasoned, senior, quality, mm. older professionals. And, you know, the likes of David Lopez, Espinosa, Cabrera, Didac Villa, they're all, they're all players, Adrian Barber, as we said, Sergi Dada, you know, Caleri, all, all players that played at this level for quite some time. Yet when you see them together now, it, 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 it's woeful. I mean, they're, they're, you know, to, to, they, they were at least made a game of it against Real Sociedad in, in the 2-1 defeat, but after going ahead from David Lopez in the ninth minute, their, their only ambition then was to hold on. And they, they gave Real Sociedad confidence um, by sitting back, allowing Real Sociedad to play quite freely, playing the attacking half of the pitch. And slowly but surely, you know, Real Sociedad were able to get some confidence back by a team that was just relying on hanging on for 81 minutes to a 1-0 win. Um, right, and Betis nil, Villarreal two. More evidence, if it were needed, that um, there's no such thing as a, a new manager bounce. But um, Villarreal, let, let's give credit actually to Villarreal because neither neither you or I were particularly convinced by Kiyeha, uh, his appointment, his return. Um, but since this, uh, since the return of football, they've been scorching for. Well, I've got a theory on Kayeka that he loves a, a mid-season break. He had one last year when he was sacked <laughs> and came back after 50, 60 days, I think it was. And he had 100 days off this year. So I'm, I'm yet to be convinced he can do it for nine months, 10 months without a break. But no, joking apart, you know, they look like the VRL that we've become used to watching. And, you know, I'm finding he's playing with the two up front. Against Betis, it was Backer and Moreno. Against Valencia, it was Alcacer and Moreno. Gerard Moreno is in brilliant form. I think he's the highest scoring Spanish player in La Liga. Um, they're great to watch. They, they brought on Cazorla and Bruno together. I think it was 71 years <laughs> combined age of those two. And when they came on, they were better than anything that Betty said. So it, it's, it's great to see the Yellow Submarine playing in their style, being successful. And and you know they've they've got a, a chance of, of challenging for a Champions League spot, three points behind Sevilla, 
Um, five games to go. It, it's certainly game on. They've got Real Madrid. They've got Barcelona. Um, but they're going to be good to watch for the last five games for Betis. Ab- absolute shambles again. Yeah. Um, you know, massive defeat last week where they got paced in at the Vante, making the same mistakes against Villarreal at home. They're lucky there's no supporters in the stadium as well. They, you know, it's been a wretched season for Betis. Um, and, you know, they, they clearly, they're going to be safe. But that's not good enough for Real Betis. With the money spent last year on Iglesias and, and Nabil Fekir, they were hoping for a European spot. And it was feasible when you looked at the squad. But uh, they can't wait for the season to end now. Uh, what did Fekir punch? Was it the was it was it a TV monitor? Because he got sent off. Yeah, he punched VAR. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he punched the VAR monitor. Yeah, um, he was unlucky. He sent that talked him himself into trouble. Then a, a foul. That, uh, I'm not entirely convinced it was a yellow card. Mm. Um, but they came within two or three minutes of each other, and his his temper got the better of him, and he smashed the living daylights out of a VAR monitor on the side of the pitch. Um, so it's a, no, it's a, and he's been one of their better players. He was their best player the other night. Um, but the, even the better players at Betis now are suffering. Barcher was having a bit of a disaster. Canales was quieter the other night. Emerson did all right. They've got the players. Um, they just need the, a, a, a senior manager. And again, it goes down to we talked about Valencia, we talked about Espanol, we talked about Betis. Probably the wrong managerial choices um, when Ruby was was given the job last summer. Yeah, so there are some good jobs around, aren't they? So, which job would you take, Terry? If you if 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 you could if you could speak Spanish, um, which obviously you can to an extent, but see, si. uh, but more than just ordering <laughs> drinks and asking the way to the railway station. Um, but if so, if you're if you're Unai Emery's uh, agent, where where are you pushing him? Uh, I, I, if it was me, I would, but I would put, want the Betis job. Yeah, but not if I was Unai Emery because he's yeah. a severe yeah. manager. Yeah, so that's going to be the issue there. So Valencia would be the obvious one for him. I think someone like Pellegrini would be good for Betis. Do you think? I don't know. You know, would would Marcelino come with a baggage of being an ex-severe manager? Although he, he, did, a, there long he did a terrible job at Sevilla, didn't he? So you know, it's probably it's probably all right, yeah. isn't it? It's the only one who's terrible at Marcelino. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think he could get away with being the Betis manager. I, I couldn't see the Betis supporters accepting Unai Emery. That's the yeah. only thing. Yeah. Um, who else is Kike Sanchez? Flores is about as well. So the, the level of managers is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pellegrini for Betis would be a good fit, I think. Do you think? Because I, I don't see... I, I see a bloke who needs to go and sit on his farm or something in Pellegrini. I don't see any hunger in his in his eyes. And it's a, it's a club that needs a bit of work. But I, I think it depends on... It, I think it depends on how much control he can have over the club. And I don't see Betis, the people that run Betis, I don't see them being controlling. And and I, I think there is an element of at West Ham even maybe that, you know, the, the players, it might be one of those clubs where the manager doesn't have the final say and who comes in and who goes out and stuff like that. And I think that Betis, they would, you know, I, think it'd be, I personally think it'd be a wise choice if he could tap into that market they used so well when he was via rail manager to build his own, you know, type of squad. Um, and I think it, it was someone like Pellegrini who doesn't, he's not going to work anymore because he needs money. I think it, the conditions have to be right. When they're right, then, you know, he can come in and, and build a team and start with a good base where they've got a better. So, there's, as, as I said, there's, there's quality managers about. 
Um, he's just, you know, getting the right fit for your club. Ruby wasn't the right fit. I'm not saying he's a terrible manager. He wasn't the right fit for Betis. Um, maybe they jumped him too soon after one season where Espanyol qualified for Europe. How they did it, I don't know. Because he was due to get the sack two or three times that season. And somehow, because of the lack of um, other teams not doing so well in, in La Liga that season, Espanyol suddenly found himself in, in seventh on the last day of the season. Um, so they overachieved, he overachieved and, and possibly, you know, got overpromoted with the job at Betis. Yeah, it's worked out well for everybody, that one, hasn't he? He's, he's yeah. after they're going yeah. there. Um, or Iglesias as well, barely had a kick, barely scored a goal, yeah. doesn't do anything anymore, really went well. <laughs> Uh, let's just uh, I'll tell you what. Let's do the remaining games in I don't know, but thirty seconds. Uh, actually, what have we done? We've talked about. Uh, oh, we haven't done uh, Severe. So give, give us give us a no. brief bit on Severe. Yep. Yeah, no, it was a and it, it was a straightforward game against their reserves. Three of their three of their team players they don't want were starting for Leganes. Um, Rocky Mesa, Amadou, and Brian Hill. Um, Leganes are you know it, I feel for them. Great character, great spirit, but they're going down. They'll go down fighting, but it was a straightforward win for Sevilla. Alaves, as we spoke about briefly, terrible at home to Granada, who looked to be back at their best again, led by Bobby Soldado up front, who was played amazing. Um, and via Dilly Levante, it was the nil-nil, but I promise you, and being on this marathon run of games, it was a decent nil-nil. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's been a decent week of football before, you know, we finished one night, starts again the next night. Um, and so I'm looking forward to Atletico against Mallorca. We talk about Mallorca getting a, <laughs> put enough points to stay up. It's, a, it's not an easy not a game to, to start with. No, no we're, we're just yeah. running so it's, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it'd be interesting to see that the week 34 starts on Friday evening. Um, with some good games coming up over the weekend. Yeah, and so the crucial day is Sunday, isn't it? So UK time, one o'clock kickoff, Athletic, uh, athletic against Real Madrid. And then evening game is Villarreal against Barcelona. So we could, title race could be well and truly back on, or it could be just about done by uh, uh, close of play yep. Sunday night. Uh, and then another couple of. Yep, nope. And then, so what is it? So then, there's another game in this round on Monday, and then it's a new round again on the on the Tuesday, isn't it? As they, as they start again. So at some point around then, we'll do another podcast. Uh, as long as you keep listening. So we'll see you then. Bye bye.
You've counted down the seconds. Now make every second count for you. University of Maryland Global Campus will help you wave goodbye to 2020 and say hello to a new year where you take the next step in your education. Whether you want to study business, cybersecurity, healthcare, or IT, University of Maryland Global Campus can help. Apply by January 31st and we'll waive your application fee. Learn online. Visit umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.